0: Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast,
1: a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon.
0: I'm Himra Chano, pastor of community engagement and
1: stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts.
0: Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome.
1: We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities,
0: ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual
1: orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave., our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an
0: open pulpit
1: where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices
0: from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice. it.
1: Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID 19, has suspended in person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook at Park Ave Baptist or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times.
2: Out of the darkness of grief and despair comes a message of hope. Christ is risen. Christ, Christ, is, Christ risen is risen indeed. indeed. We remain inside having all that was our priorities reoriented, despite ourselves, yet still, Christ is risen.
1: Christ, Christ is, is risen indeed. indeed.
2: We begin to notice the simpleness of life that we've overlooked. The spider who rebuilds its web on the porch every morning, just in time for you to walk through it. It is true amid all. Christ is risen. Christ Christ is is risen risen indeed. indeed. We cherish the hugs we once took for granted. Absence makes our feelings grow stronger and communication more steadfast. Christ is risen. Christ Christ is is risen risen indeed. indeed. We run to the tomb to see for ourselves, and it is true. Christ is risen. Christ is risen risen, risen, indeed. indeed. We hear a voice call our name, and we know our risen Black Messiah is with us now and always. Christ is risen. Christ Christ is risen risen, indeed. 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 Thanks be to God. God.
1: It's our tradition at Park Avenue to have a moment for centering down, a time to go inward, to be within ourselves on that great journey together. So this morning I'm going to offer this poem by Joy Harjo. It's called Praise the Rain. Praise the rain, the seagull dive, the curl of plant the raven talk. Praise the hurt, the house slack, the stand of trees, the dignity. Praise the dark, the moon cradle, the fall sky, the bear sleep. Praise the mist, the warrior name, the earth eclipse, the fire leap. Praise the backwards, upward, sky, the baby cry, the spirit, food. Praise canoe, the fish rush, the hole for frog, the upside down. Praise the day, the cloud cup, the mind flat, forget it all. Praise sad, praise the path on which we're led. Praise the roads on earth and water. Praise the eater and the eaten. Praise beginnings. Praise the end. Praise the song and praise the singer. Praise the rain. It brings more rain. Praise the rain. It brings more rain.
0: Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer this morning. God Almighty Christ, everlasting, we come now with our heads bowed and with our hearts open, thanking you for allowing us to gather as one this morning. We come on this day asking your Holy Spirit, your spirit of healing and peace and security and understanding to fall on us this morning. We come needing a fresh anointing, a fresh outlook, a double portion of your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness may we hear something in throughout the service whether that be song prayer or in word that may spark the engine of love in our hearts and all of God's people say amen amen you our worship this morning uh, with a scripture reading john 20 24 through 29 which we'll be focusing on this morning
2: are the words from the Gospel of John. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Everyone can be at church, right? Right. All embracing, spirit gracing, each one at our church for all. So my prayer for this scripture and this time is that we remember everyone is welcome Even if you think you're different and you think you might not belong, what? You belong. You belong. (laughs) Right? Will you pray with me? Yeah. God, my prayer for all of these little saints in our congregation is that they continue to know that they belong. We all belong doubting, believing, sure, confident, or not so sure. We can all gather together in this space and place that brings so many different people together to worship you, God, and to be in the presence of of the one who accepts us and who makes us whole. Amen. Love you. Thank thank you.
0: Let us prepare our hearts and minds for a word this morning. Let us bow our heads in prayer. God, may the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. We come this morning with open hearts, asking that you filled it with your spirit. Decrease me so that your word and your effect may increase. May we hear something from you that can help us throughout the week, that we can reflect on and give us a path forward. It's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen. You know I love titles, so turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. I love this saying. This saying has been with us since the 17th century. It is one that speaks for us as humans to have proof or evidence that something has happened or that something is real or vice versa. It's a testing of the so-called facts. It communicates that proof is needed before making any kind of assumption or judgment or decision on a particular issue, a testing of the facts. And in some cases, this slogan comes to light, more so when doubt is present. It comes to light where there are or there have been times of disappointment and when things seem somewhat in flux. It comes to light when there is hurt involved, when it feels like nothing can be trusted. So one tends to ask the question, I need to experience this for myself before I can believe. It comes to light in relationships. If you've ever been in a relationship, your partner may say, stop saying that you love me. Show me that you love me. They are looking for proof. And oftentimes, the significant other would then say, well, I do this or I do that. Isn't that proof enough? It even happens on your job. As an employee, one may say, if you appreciate my work and my talent, uh, you'll see this in sports especially, then you'll be just like Jerry Maguire, say, show me the money. Show me some proof that you appreciate me. Fill my pockets with the moolah. And if they won't, then as employees, we tend not to believe them. Give me a parking space or a my own coffee maker something to show me that you appreciate me. It is the proof in the pudding. And in our scripture this morning, the proof is in the pudding was not just in seeing Jesus, but filling the holes in the hands of Jesus, filling the piercing, on his side, but inquiring minds would like to know, why was this all necessary? What environment caused Thomas to require such proof from friends who he had traveled with for over two years and from Jesus who he saw perform all kinds of miracles? He saw Christ feed 5,000 men, women, and children as if he was a whole food market the first Amazon. Uh, He healed broken limbs as if he was a bone doctor, gave sight to the blind as if he was an eye doctor. He was a family physician. He cured a nobleman's son and Peter's mother of a fever. He casted out devils. He calmed the raging sea. And Thomas saw all of this. Just a few weeks ago, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He was a miracle worker. Was that not? enough proof. How then was his belief in flux? Why did he need all of this proof when those he trusted came to him with such excitement to tell him that our Lord is risen? Would it be so unbelievable with all that has happened, with all that he had seen, to believe that Jesus was risen? But the word tells us that this twin, Thomas, said these things, unless I see the marks and the nails in his hands and put my finger and the mark of the nails in my hands in his side, I will not believe. I will not believe. So let's analyze the time. Maybe this will give us some insight on what was going on and then we can connect the dots for ourselves. For the disciples, the environment that they were in was tense and dangerous, much like it is today. Matter of fact, I would say that tense and dangerous would be minimizing what is going on right now in the world. It would be an understatement. What is happening right now has never happened before in our lifetime. So everything feels in question. Also for them, like many of us, They were hiding for their lives. They too had a shelter in place. They were locked in out of fear, just like we are. So afraid that even Peter claimed that I never even knew the man. They denied even knowing Christ when asked the question. So they were afraid and it was a time of fear and with fear that brought on more doubt and more questions. So in the beginning of the chapter, we have 10 of the 11 disciples cooped up in a room, afraid of what was next, afraid of the powers that be. And a few few weeks earlier, they just had seen Jesus, but now death has taken Jesus, and it seems that the empire has won. And I'm sure that they are asking themselves the question, was it all real? Uh, Did this really just happened? How did we get to this point? Will he come back to us? What do we do now? They were feeling lost and alone. Their thoughts and their question had some of the same questions that we may be asking ourselves today. And I was listening to T.D. Jakes earlier this week, and he says one of the most prevalent questions that he was asked or has been asked is, is God even present in this moment? How can a God of love, of grace and mercy and security and healing allow all of this to happen? With all of these questions, doubt surrounds us. When you can't see the proof in the pudding, when you can't test what's going on for yourself and find an answer that somewhat sits close to the truth. This was Thomas' mindset. So he asked to see for himself. And for me, I I truly don't blame Thomas. He had been through a lot. He had seen a lot in the past few days. He was trying to manage all the grief. We have to feel for Thomas and the other disciples. But for some reason, Thomas is one that catches all the slack. In every Bible that you can find, they start off this John 20 with doubting Thomas. But in reading this, if you read this closely, when when Jesus appeared to the ten the first time, they didn't ask the question to see holes and a piercing on his side. Because as Christ approached them, the word tells us that Jesus said, peace be with you. And after saying that, he showed them the holes in his hands. He showed them the piercing on their side so they didn't have opportunity to even doubt in that moment because Jesus already knew that they had been doubting all along. He came in, peace be with you. See the holes in my hand, the piercing on my side. Even Mary wanted to touch Jesus in the garden. And Jesus said, no, Christ. Christ said, not yet. But aren't we glad that Christ doesn't bound us by our doubt? God gives us room to be human because doubt is a part of the human experience. It's a normal reaction when you don't have all the answers, all or some of the facts, when it seems like things are not going to plan as we are doubting things more and more and we do have some reason. See me and like many of you, I had all kinds of plans for 2020. Uh, not knowing what was ahead. I had trips planned. I had goals planned. I had weight loss goals. I was waiting on that new Ford Bronco to come out. I, I mean, I had all kinds of plans. I had relationship goals. I had goals of being a better father, a better friend, a better family member. And some are still attainable, but others have lost their importance. But now with all that is happening around us, I doubt that all of my 2020 goals will come to light. Doubt is the human experience. It is our reality. Doubt is all around us. We doubt that the government will truly do what is best for our country. We doubt that business owners will be provided the support that they they need to survive. We doubt that the stimulus provided was or is enough. We doubt that the economy will recover. We, we doubt that the 10 and 20 million people that have lost their jobs, that they will come back. We doubt things will go back to normal. We doubt that the mask and the protection that we wear when we go out to the grocery store will stop this COVID-19. Doubt is all around us. We doubt the leadership and the way forward. We doubt that this will end soon. There is more than enough doubt to go around, and it's all within reason. It's the human experience to have doubt. So pastor, what do we do with all of this doubt? What can console us in these times, similar to the times that the disciples were going through? The fear of not knowing what's next. Death is all around us, and we can't trust our leadership. Let's look at scripture this morning and find insight in the words of Thomas and Jesus. Let's dig into these words. If you you look at what was read this morning, it says that a week later, the disciples were again in the house. They have received the Holy Spirit in the last meeting, but this time, doubting Thomas was with them. And it tells us that although the doors were shut, Jesus came in and stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. And then it it, it assumes that he looks directly at Thomas and he says, Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hands and put it in my side. Do Do not doubt but believe. And then Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Do not doubt, but believe. My Lord, my God. From looking at this this morning, I believe that our path to move forward and what I'm recommending for us going forward It's not that we don't doubt, because as I stated, that is the human experience. It is part of our human DNA. Me telling you not to doubt wouldn't be honest. It wouldn't be, in my mind, realistic. So this morning, my prayer and our prayer should be not to ask God to take away our doubt, but to ask God to strengthen our belief. Yes, this is the way forward. So this morning, our prayer should not be asked God to take away our human DNA of having doubt, but to strengthen our belief. I know that things are in question. I know that we don't understand all what is going on, but we feel that Christ is telling us this morning that to move our strength towards our belief. And if we do that, the less we would worry the less that doubt would have control over us, the less fear would have control over our lives. God, strengthen my belief in times of doubt. Remind me of what you've already done for me in my lifetime. Remind me of the miracles that you've already shown us time and time again. And strengthen me so that when the next mountain comes, when the next challenge comes. I will be able to climb, I'll be able to see it through. God, don't take away our doubt, but strengthen our belief. Remind us that they that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not faint. God, strengthen our belief. And though we may not see it now, it is still possible for us. To believe even in moments when we don't have the proof in the pudding. Remind us that though it lingers, to wait for it, and it will certainly come and it will not delay. Remind us of our past victories so that the memory of them may comfort us as we move forward with all of this doubt that surrounds us. God, don't take away my doubt. I'm human. God strengthened my belief. And then it tells us in the final verse, if you see it, it says that through believing, you may have life in his name. We may have life in his name. Yes, there will be times when we just don't understand what's going on. But as Thomas proclaimed, even after all the doubt, even after he saw the holes in Christ's hand and the piercing on his side, we too will be able to proclaim, my Lord, my God, give us strength to believe more. Give us strength to strengthen our belief. And then in that moment, just like Thomas, we can give Christ all of the praise, all of the honor and all of the glory. All of God's people say amen. Let us pray. Thank you for
1: listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. ish.
0: We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street.
1: To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavbaptist.com.
0: Now go into a world that is too often unjust,
1: knowing that the God that created you loves you
0: and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively,
1: and serve creatively.